Hello, welcome to Mind Bidding Leadership. My name is Seth Campbell. I'm your host. I live to build your leadership using the real world lessons myself and others have learned through building many, many companies, sometimes the hard way. Today on episode three, I'm going to talk about the workplace love triangle. Now, it's not what you think, so be careful where your mind goes with that. However, it can be just as deadly, and you're going to find out that this workplace love triangle really is damaging, and it exists so much inside of our organizations, inside of our work groups, inside of our teams, inside of our lives, all over the place. Let me tell you how it starts. You're a leader. You're the boss. You're in charge of a department. You're, you know, somebody of of some form of authority and the person comes and knocks on the door or gives you a call and here's exactly how it starts. Hey, can I tell you something in confidence? Has anybody ever gotten that one before? Hey, can I tell you something in confidence? And you're the leader or a leader inside of an organization. Now, our natural tendency is what? Of course. Sure. Like we're out here to create a very safe, psychologically safe work environment. And that question opens the door potentially for this workplace love triangle. And it's very, very deadly. And I've learned this myself the hard way so many times. Let's walk through as a leader, how to handle this thing and the very, in the, the various courses it can take you. Some of which are, like I mentioned before, actually big enough to destroy an organization. And I know that sounds very strong, yet I'm, I'm telling you, I've watched organizations crumble from, hey, can I tell you something in confidence? And that not being handled the right way. So here's my answer. It depends. And, and ta- sometimes people are shocked on that. Here's, here's kind of how it works. If you want to tell me something personal, non-work related, get some advice on something, something to happen that's non-danger, then yes. Because sometimes in our organizations, we talk about life, we talk about marriage, we talk about parenting, we talk about you know weight loss, fitness journey, that kind of stuff. Personal, non-danger. So non-danger would be you know, not getting abused, something not illegal is happening. Because even then, I'll probably have to say something, especially if I'm the leader. There's even more so in responsibility. One of the great leadership teachers out there, John Maxwell, he has leadership principle that says, the, uh, as your responsibilities increase, your rights decrease. As your responsibilities increase, your rights decrease. And it's so true. In other words, the, the higher you climb the ladder, your responsibilities increase, you actually start to lose rights. The funny thing is, we tend to think that bosses have more rights. I can assure you bosses have less rights. In other words, does the, the CEO of you know, Microsoft have the right to go get drunk at the bar. It's not illegal, you know, do all that everywhere at the conventions, the Microsoft conventions, et cetera, et cetera. That's not illegal. Can the CEO, does he really have the right to do that? Probably not. He's probably given up that right by becoming the CEO. Can the entry level person attending the convention do it? Probably, you know, it's not a, it's not illegal. It's what happens sometimes at those things. So that's an example. As your responsibility increase, your rights decrease. So as you climb the ladder in leadership, your rights to hold secrets actually decreases. You give up some of those rights the higher you climb the ladder. So can I tell you something in confidence? It depends. And I'll tell you right now, if it's personal, non-danger, non-work related, probably. Anything work related, probably not. What? I'm struggling. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you, probably not. I'm probably 
I'm going to take action. I'm going to say so. And I know for you might be feeling that saying, wow, that's kind of harsh or that's tough. Like that feels like you're making it not a real safe work environment. Well, let's break that down. Typically, some of the responses to that can be if the person really is insistent on this. Now, they haven't told me anything yet. You know, it might go down a path of, well, I'm going to leave then. I'm going to have to leave the organization. And remember back to episode one, we talked about the victim triangle that has the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. That person may be bordering on the victim, their mindset, not saying they are a victim of something. Their mindset might be inside of that. And and remember, our and they're looking for a rescuer. Our response to that is to empower them, if you remember back to episode one. So I'm going to say something along the lines of, well, that would be unfortunate. I don't think that's necessary. You don't need to leave. Uh, I would empower you. It's ultimately your choice. You, you don't have to work anywhere. I would empower you to try to resolve whatever it is that's going on. And I'm here to help you. This is not a, I don't care, get away. I'm in it with you. However, uh, we're going we're gonna to work towards resolution. Well, I need to, a level of safety. Okay, so this is like kind of the second path where sometimes it graduates to this. I need a level of safety. Well, you, you're probably going to have a little bit more opportunity for safety by working through this. In other words, if you're in danger in the workplace, then me keeping your secret does not help you. It actually probably makes it more dangerous or now I'm in it too and I'm worried and and, and nobody wins there. And, and by the way, I would tell you as a leader, most likely legally you have to. If, if there's a workplace, true workplace danger, you actually have the legal obligation to report it up and work through your company's policy manual on that type of thing. So then most of the time, it's not that, right? And I'll address if it is. However, let's, let's kind of go down the path of it's not that. Well, I don't mean like that kind of safety, like I'm not in danger. What does it usually end up from there? We break it down. I have a problem with Susie. I have a problem with John, right? It ends up getting to what it's really about is I have a workplace conflict and Maybe that person is my coworker. Uh, typically, it's their boss, and you're like another boss, or you're that person's boss. You're two levels up. Well, then we need to deal with that. So now I'm going through all this before the person even tells me what it is. Sometimes they leave and they give up, and they're like, and and they're looking for somebody else. And I I don't really want that to happen. I am going to give them a little bit of a lesson, kind of what I'll, I'll finish off today's podcast with on what our culture is, what our beliefs are. And I'm really not going to let it die there. So they'll sometimes they'll try to leave. And, and by the way, if they do, they do. If somebody's determined to stay in a victim state. Now, by then we know they're in a victim state because they've told us they're not in any real like danger, danger. There's no like harassment or, or anything like that going on. It's really just a personality conflict and it could be with their boss. And by the way, maybe the boss is wrong. That's okay. I haven't got there yet. I'm not going to assume that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt to coach this person because is that boss in the room? No. Who's in the room? Just that person. And this is one of the core fundamentals of leadership is you get to coach the person in front of you, not anybody else. And one of the key distinctions when somebody is attempting to talk to you about a third party and third party is not in the room. This goes back to 
grade school, right? What do we call that? We call that gossip. Now, it, this actually could be a higher class gossip, or it could be a legitimate conflict that's happening. However, can you solve the conflict by agreeing with this person in front of you about the other person? No, at that point, you become the rescuer and you've now agreed to make that person a persecutor. There is no resolution in that. And many times that individual, what are they looking for? They're looking for agreement from others or they're looking for uh, a, like what I call like a cheat way out. Uh, maybe you'll reassign me. Maybe, you know, that person can go away or I cannot report to them magically. And like, like they didn't, they won't even realize what it was. Well, you know, they, they're, they're probably aware of the conflict too. And what did that just do with you as the leader with one of your leaders? Do you see how this becomes the workplace love triangle. And I'm not getting into that thing. So now once we realize, okay, it's about how somebody's treating me. It's about how somebody's treating me. Okay, cool. I'm staying in the conversation because I really do need to make sure that there's not something that's illegal here. So I'm going to keep the person engaging with the person without letting them spill. But I'm, I'm just setting the boundaries because they asked me to keep something confident. And I'm not agreeing to that. So now once we get to, it's about how somebody is treating me, there tends to be two paths. The first path is something illegal, harassment, endangerment, like anything that is in that genre of something that's illegal or against your company's policies, right? There are some companies that have like dating policies. So that's not, dating's obviously not illegal. Inside of that company, it's a violation of a policy, something like that. So anything that borderlines on a policy violation, a legal violation, something like that, uh, we do need to deal with that. So my answer is, I'm going to have to report that. I might even tell them that John Maxwell, the response will increase, your rights decrease. I don't have the right to keep that one a secret. I become complicit legally inside of that. Now, I want you to feel safe. I want you to know that it is safe to talk to me. You're not alone. I'm not going to just run and like tell that person, like we have a policy in place. Here's the guideline manual. You probably got a copy of it when you started here. We're going to follow this. And it, it, that, that part of it and inside of those policies, most companies will maintain a level of confidentiality about that person's issue beyond the necessary parties. So you, you do want to give that person a sense of safety as far as confidentiality goes, it's not something we're going to report out to the whole world. We're going to follow the manual. And then you go straight to that path and you follow whatever your company's manual is. And by the way, if your company doesn't have a manual, get one. That, that, you get one. Like Stop the podcast now and go get one. Now, let's, let's say, okay, this is not something in that policy genre, legal genre. This is a real personality conflict. That's 95% of the time what it is. Here's how that conversation goes. Did you talk to them about this yet? What do they usually say? They usually actually say, oh yeah, I tried to talk to them about that. Da, da, da. And I'll actually go deeper because what does that usually mean? Yeah, I really talked to It was maybe you said, I don't like that. Probably you had a thousand conversations in your head. I don't know that, you know, I'm that guilty of that too, right? Does anybody else do that? You have a thousand conversations in your head with the person and like you do that long enough, you don't even remember which ones you actually ever had. And I can't tell you how many times I've talked to them. I'm like, we had this conversation, like we didn't have it. And I'm like, uh, maybe I did in my head a bunch of times. It's one of those again. That's like my wife and I, like, I swear I said it. And then she's like, I think that one was in your head and it wasn't out loud. Okay. That's possible. So did you have, did you talk to them about it? Usually yes means no, or I tried or not really. It was light. So I'm going to say, what did you say? Now, what do they usually do? 
you start telling now that's that to them that can sometimes be an open door to tell me the offense. They said I'm lazy. They're questioning about the uh, no, 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 no. So every time they go down the path of what the person did, I'm stop them. I'm mean, interrupt them mid sentence, and I say I want to only talk about how you handled whatever happened because they're not here right now. I get the opportunity to lead you, coach you, consult you. You came to me for a reason and, and I'm an empowered, remember I'm in empowerment mode to get this person out of come save me. I'm going to empower them. And I, and by the way, I'll help them. It doesn't mean I'm going to send them on their way alone. So uh, every time they bring up what the other person stop, I'm going to only talk about how you handle. Well, don't I need to explain what they did? Not really. Tell me what you said. And what do we usually find out? Like that's when they start to not really remember. They, they stutter, they remember. And you find out typically, not always, they didn't really straight up tell the person. When you say, here's like model sentence for you. This actually comes from like marriage therapy. It works inside of the workplace perfectly. When you say X, I feel Y. When you question me about my work hours, I feel like untrustworthy. Now, if I said that to you, it, it can just feel that for a second. What if I said to you, when you question me about my work hours, I feel like I'm untrustworthy. Now that, that's now some people might say the sentence, I feel like you don't trust me. That's not a feeling. So it's, it just gets really granular. I feel like you don't trust me. That's, that's a, that's a thought. That's a, what we call a story. So you got to really, this is maybe what you teach inside your workplace. When you do or say X, I feel Y and feel must be a feeling word. Because if I said to you the sentence, when you question me about my hours, I feel like you don't trust me. Do you feel your defenses going up? Of course I trust you. What are you talking about? However, if I say to you, when you question my hours, I feel untrustworthy. How do you feel? You actually want to kind of come and help me, don't you? You naturally want to say, oh, dude, like, I don't want you to feel untrustworthy. Like, I, of course I trust you. It's just like, we got to do da, 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 da. So it's so powerful to teach that one sentence. And most of the time, the fear we have of the retribution, the fear we have of the person's reaction actually can be solved by that. It's very hard to look somebody in the eyes and say, I feel insecure. When you do X, I feel insecure. When you do X, I feel untrustworthy. And it's a vulnerable place to be. But it is, by the way, that's the reality. I feel like you don't trust me. The, the, the real emotion there is you actually feel untrustworthy. Because if you didn't feel untrustworthy, you wouldn't channel, you don't trust me. Does that make sense? In other words, if you felt totally trustworthy, your brain would access a different sentence. It wouldn't be, you don't trust me. You'd be like, of course they trust me. I'm trustworthy. You'd be like, I feel like you're overbearing or I've, you know, it would be a different sentence. So now I know I'm getting really deep into that yet. That's what I'm looking for. Did you, did you have that conversation with them? No. And by the way, have I heard all the offenses yet? No, I've avoided that. I've avoided the love triangle. So I'd say, go back and say that, but you don't need to tell me what happened. Like I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to avoid that as long as I know we're in safety and this is just a conflict. When you feel X, I've, and I'll have them even write out three sentences, four sentences, five sentences. I don't know. I'm write it out right now, like in front of me or on the call, practice with me because I want to coach them on changing that language of the emotion versus the story. And I'll say, go say that. Now, um, sometimes they, they don't want to, they, and we get to the real root of the issue. They want to avoid the conversation. They want to avoid the conversation because you know, past trauma, because maybe this person has not handled conversations well before their boss. 
maybe that, like I said at the beginning, maybe the boss is a jerk. Maybe the boss is in the wrong. That's okay. Like we can coach that person too. Ultimately, when we're a company that really cares about its people and loves each other, we work through this stuff because I'll tell you this, raise your hand. If you've got zero personality things that you're working on for yourself right now, like you're all done, you're good to go. Like you got nothing to work on, right? None of us. So therefore, I, I just find it fascinating in our world that we all know that we have personality shortcomings in the workplace, at home, all over the place. Yet it, it's like the biggest secret. And I'm trying to work on my patience. I'm trying to work on this. Uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, out loud. I'd be offended if anybody talked about me being impatient. I'm trying to work. Okay. Everybody knows, like, it's not a secret that you're impatient. Like we're all pretty aware of your shortcomings. So it's a, it's not a secret. You're too harsh. Uh, that's not a secret. The team's probably going to like you better if they knew you were working on it. I have a self-confidence issue. I feel insecure too often. I am untrustworthy. You know, okay. Wouldn't it be crazy? I know this is crazy, but wouldn't it be wild if the whole world just like admitted what they were working on out loud, like even in the workplace, like, hey, I'm working on my insecurity that causes me to be overbearing. Hey, I'm working on my lack of trust that causes me to, you know, ask too many questions. Hey, I'm working on my aggression. I'm working on trying to look good because really I'm insecure. And if everybody just said that, then Man, the funny part is if everybody in the room did that, and you should do that in your next meeting, that would be fun. Uh, if, every, if everybody did that, the, the, the walls would come down and you would see all these humans like move in to help each other. And if you took it even a step further, hey, I want you to say a code word. You know, the code word is blue cow. Every time you hear me, you know, being insecure again, trying to look good or sound smart when I'm really just in an insecurity mode. Okay. Here's my code word. Every time I'm trying to be overbearing because I'm really insecure, like, man, things will move faster. So just have an assumption that we all are working on something and create a culture inside of your company where that's known, that's accepted. And we care about the mission and the outcome and the organization more than we care about trying to look good or put on a show. When you get there, now you can get to a place of what is an absolute rule inside of all of my organizations called run to the conversation. And anybody that's worked with me ever hears this all the time, run to the conversation, run to the conversation, run. It's not walk. That's not think about it. it is run to the conversation. Entire empires rise and fall based on the absence of conversation. My empire has taken huge hits before simply by somebody skipping a conversation. Because when a conversation gets skipped long enough, your mind will play tricks on you, stories build, you go get consensus from other people, and memory is unreliable, and, and really bad things can happen by skipping one conversation. The, when's the fastest way you can run to a conversation while the conversation is still happening? It would be, hey, time out. When you say X, I feel Y. That's run to, and if you did it right in the moment, you didn't even have time to ramp up the stories or go get the other friends to back you up. And if you're in a workplace that handled things that fast, you know how awesome you'd be, how productive you'd be. Do you realize how much time is wasted in the U.S. workforce on this right here? I'm offended. I'm hurt. I'm going to run around. I might lose a couple of days of productivity or half days. I'm going to go get some friends. And blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk to this person. Like hours, weeks, and it could have been addressed in five seconds. Train your organization, run to the conversation, run the conversation. To get there, 
I must assume that you're ready for that conversation. And if you're not, that's okay. Because I, I got it out. I released it. If I say, Hey, when you question me about my hours, I feel untrustworthy. And the person says, okay, get over it. Not a great resolution. However, maybe then I say, when you say, okay, get over it. I feel, you know, like I remember you can't say, I feel like you don't care. What would it be? I feel unvalued because you got to own your own feelings. And you could, by the way, if you did that long enough, the person's probably going to say, come on, dude. Like I value you. I care. Maybe not. Okay. Either way, you've covered your bases and you could probably walk away from that conversation way more empowered than if you just kind of took it or turned it into a fight. And you might just say, okay, it's, it seems like maybe, you know, I, I, I want you to know, like I have a conflict here. And I would love for us to resolve this. And now it would be appropriate for me to tell you like, and, and I feel uh, to me, this is unresolved and I'm in, I'm inviting and you have this in the first conversation, first time it goes down, feel like this is unresolved and this is a real conflict. It's going to start to get in the way of us being able to work together. And we have the same goal. Stop. Let the person talk. If the boss is like, I don't care about any of this. I don't care about you. Like maybe it's that bad. And you can say, then I'm going to let you know that I'm going to go and have a conversation with your boss about this. And then maybe threats out, whatever. Now that's the conversation of like way back up in my, my, my scripting. Did you talk to them? What exactly did you say? And if I heard that, I'd be like, okay, we're going to go talk to them together. Or I'm going to, you know, now I'm getting involved. Does that make sense? I didn't even need to hear the story. What did you say? What did you do? Then what happened? Well, they said that, okay, then what'd you do? Well, then I said, I felt that. And then I said this, and I, then I invited them to resolve it with me. Then I told them I was going to come talk to you. Check, 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 check. This conversation is okay. This is not the triangle. This is open door policy at its best. You with me now? Um, so, so that's it. Now, what, now what's my job? My job is to run to that combo with that leader. And, um, and now let's back up and, and let's say, that didn't happen. It's the most common case, which is no, 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 Okay. What are you going to do about it? Do you really want to fix this? Yes. I really want to fix this. I just coached them on how to go have that conversation without hearing anything that happened, without hearing anything that happened. Well, they're going to take it. You don't know. You haven't, had, you clearly have not had this conversation yet. You don't, don't tell me how they're going to take it. Go have the conversation, stick to what you just wrote down, stick to the script. Okay. I don't think I'm going to do it. Well, are you going to go have the conversation with her or not? Because as soon as you leave this office or as soon as we have this phone, I'm calling her. I've done that to people and they freak out. Are you going to tell them? Because as soon as we hang up, I'm telling them. Don't do that. Okay, well, I am. And then they'll say, okay, let me do it first. Cool. You got 60 minutes. You got a 30 minute head start. I'm calling them in 30 minutes. I'm calling in 60 minutes. Go. And and by the way, I'm, I want you to know, like, I'm not going to say that you were talking about, about it. I'm going to say, like, I didn't even let you tell me anything bad. All I do is coach you on how to, how to resolve things with them. And, and I'm just going to tell that person that they need to run to a conversation with you and resolve with them. And I'm going to give, by the way, I probably won't tell this person that uh, unless it's really necessary. But when I, if that did happen and I call that leader and I say, Hey, you know, one of your subordinates had this conversation with me and I didn't, wouldn't let them tell me any details. Clearly they haven't really expressed it well to you. I gave them some advice on how to approach you. I'm asking you to not get triggered. Like they're untrained on this. So this isn't like, they're just have not been trained on the, when you do X, I feel Y. So I'm, I'm telling you, have the conversation with them. Please do not get triggered. I'm going to, now I'm coaching the leader. I'm going to listen. 
and 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 do you have any issues with them too by the way typically they want to well they're not showing up they're doing okay all right that's cool what did you do about it how many times they skip the conversation too that happens so common it's so common Okay, let's you now you write down three when you do X, I feel Y sentences. <laughs> like, and I've now coached these two people to have a conversation. And then I'm gonna ask that leader, do you want me to be in the room as like a mediator? Do you want me to help you all through this one? No, I got it. If it's a newer leader, I might, you know, really insist on it. If it's something I work with, uh, you know, I've got it. I know how to run this, you know, somebody I've worked with a long time that knows how to do this, then I'm like, okay, you got it. I can just say like, hey, so-and-so call me, da-da-da, can you run to that conversation? Please handle it carefully. Yeah, got it. And I've worked with them long enough to know that you know how to do this. So that is how you, do, you, you eliminate this workplace triangle. It is safe. And if they say, I don't think it's safe to tell the person, you, you tell the person, it is safe to tell that person. That leader is working on stuff to herself, himself. Like they, I can tell you, I can assure you, they don't think they're perfect. I have these conversations with them too. We're all working on stuff. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll mediate if they invite me. So you go call, maybe you disarm the whole thing. Maybe you make up. I'll find out in 30 minutes, I guess, when I call them. And, and then I'm going to coach that leader. And I'm, I'm probably going to remind them, you know, they're scared. They're this, they're that. Create a safe environment. Listen to them. Work through it. Maybe the leader is out of turn. I'm going to coach them. Maybe the employees out of turn together, we're going to coach them. Maybe somebody doesn't change. They probably are not a fit for the role. However, this is how you eliminate the workplace love triangle. One of the most dangerous questions that can, or one of the, the most common questions that can bring you down a, a damaging path is, can I tell you something in confidence? So just remember the hierarchy, replay this if you need to. Find out if there's a safety or legal issue first. Typically, it's a, and, and then there's a way to handle that. Typically, it is a personality conflict. And that is the way to handle these kinds of conversation. So I hope that's helpful for you. I am going to pause the recording of our podcast now and work inside of our live studio audience that's here on video with me and do some Q&A section. If you ever want to be a part of that, that is exclusively for people who are part of our organization's and a good way to get into some of that would be to find us on our Facebook page, Mind Bidding Leadership, a Facebook group, and come in there, drop some Q&A. Love to hear your ahas from this episode. Interact with some of the other leaders inside of that. And we can carry this conversation even deeper with some examples. Uh, more than happy to do that inside of our Facebook group. So thanks for listening and to this episode of Mind Bidding Leadership. <laughs>